and only one could tie my soul to say says not unto us but unto you Lord for your mercy and your truth and all the glory and honor forevermore all the praise to him alone
folks that say that God is dead must see through visions dim. I bring desires and worldly sins that God is dead to them. But my search has dipped my soul till I could plainly see this crowning glory all around. God's not dead to me. He lives in purple mountain tops and valley so serene. I hear him in a robin song and in a rippling stream. He lives in great majestic pines Reach the clouds above. He's in the smile of a little child. Oh, truly, God is love. The beauty of a blushing rose. Gracious touch is shown, and by his hand above the sky, the tiny gems were thrown. A thousand ways his magic touch displays his works of art. He has a dwelling place with me, he lives within my heart. Hear him in a robin song and in a rippling stream. He lives in great majestic pines that reach the clouds above. He's in the smile of a little child, but truly God is love. He's in the smile of Little child, oh, truly God is love. Often I stop to think just where I'd be. Jesus come down from that cruel tree There'd be no hope for man No peace could be found Praise God, I'm glad He didn't come down He didn't Set him free. 
something if you will is just open your Bibles up into 1st Kings chapter 18 and I know this is going to be some familiar scripture but God has just given us something about this that we need to look at this morning and I believe it fits this service today and uh, you know we we live in a time and we live in a day and age uh, when we as believers are facing challenges uh, every single day uh, that we live, we're faced with all kind of different challenges uh, in this time. But uh, I'm glad that we've got somebody that we can go to, one we can turn to, one we can rely upon that'll always be there. Uh, he didn't. He doesn't change. That was mentioned a little earlier uh, to me. You know, God's the same. It, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll still be the same. And uh, he doesn't change. He's not like people. You know, people change. They get just, we're sometimes we're just uh, motoring along and sometimes we just kind of get in the valley. Sometimes we're in a good mood. Sometimes not in too good of a mood. And, uh, but I'm glad that God doesn't change. He's still the same. And he always will be. And, uh, you know, one thing that I, I learned through studying the Bible is God lays things out there in the Word of God. And uh, we've got a choice. We can accept what He says or bel- and, and do what He says, or we can be disobedient uh, to what He says. And uh, we struggle with that at times. But you know, God's Word doesn't change. I've heard people make the statement that says, uh, God's Word said it, I believe it, and so that settles it. no. God's Word says it, and that settles it right there. 
It's whether we believe it or not, you know, it's, it's settled. His Word is forever uh, settled in heaven. Now, some of you that write in your Bible and maybe uh, make notes in your Bible or uh, put some dates concerning when that Scripture was used, if you go back about somewhere about 31 years, uh, you're going to find that uh, I know I use this Scripture here, I don't know if it was when, if it was when I came full, feel the pulpit one Sunday, uh, up in the old church when you were searching for a pastor. Uh, I don't know if it was right after I came as your pastor. It was somewhere uh, right in there that uh, we had to use this scripture. And uh, but the Lord has really spoke to our heart this week and and given us something out of this scripture. I think that we need uh, today. And uh, so I want you to pray for a few minutes. I won't hold you long, but I want you to pray for a few minutes as we look in uh, to God's Word in 1 Kings chapter uh, number 18. And if you're able to do so, so would you stand uh, for, re- for the reading of the Word of God this morning? We're going to start reading in verse number 16. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 16, So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he, talking about Elijah, answered, I have not troubled Israel, But thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send, and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together to Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people. Listen to this now. Elijah came to all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. Now listen to that. He says, if the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. And the people answered Him, not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let's join in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow before You today. And we thank You, God, for this day. Thank You for the blessings. And Lord, it's truly been good to be in the house of the Lord. And all the praise, all the honor, all the glory goes to You and to You alone. I pray that You'll speak to our hearts through Your Word, through Your message today. And Lord, strengthen us, God, as Your children. We thank You for this place. We thank You for every church across this land. This met in your name today. God, I pray that your name would be exalted 
and honored and glorified. And we praise you and we thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you go over to the book of Revelation, chapter number 3. Now, if you read chapters 2 and 3 in the book of Revelation, there's letters sent to seven churches. The last church that is, uh, receives a letter or a letter sent to is the church of Laodicea. The church at Laodicea is not hot, it's not cold, but it's lukewarm. And the Lord said, because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Original language means this. And this may be gross, but original language means this, that I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Made the Lord sick at His stomach. I'll vomit you out of, your mouth, out, of his, out of His mouth. And so it tells me that there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. If you read about the Philadelphia church, which is the sixth church, that letters are sent to, and you read the Laodicean church, the seventh church, you'll find that the Philadelphia church is a picture of the true church of born-again, blood-washed believers that are standing true to the Word of God. And he said, I've, I've set before you an open door that no man could shut. It's known as the church of brotherly love. Then we get to the Laodicean church. It's the lukewarm church. The Philadelphia church is the, the possessing church. The Lord has the Lord, and the Lord is in that church. The Laodicean church is the professing church. It looks good. It has an appearance that everything's good. But the Lord's outside, standing at the door and knocking The Laodicean church said, we're increased with goods. We don't need anything. And the most important thing is they didn't need the Lord. They felt like they didn't need the Lord. But the Lord, yet in the midst of that, called on them to repent and told them, said, you buy of me. You know, you just buy of me. Come to Him. The invitation was there. When we look over in 1 Kings uh, chapter number 18, It's a call for decision. It's a call for no more fence straddling. It's a call for a decision to be made among the children of Israel. And it's time to decide. Just a little history of what had happened up to this time. If you look in verse 16 and 17 of this chapter, we find that there's a man named Obadiah that... He goes out. Him and Ahab go different directions. There's a a drought in the land. Uh, For three years it had not rained. And Elijah had told King Ahab that uh, for three years that there's not going to be any rain. And so, and it was because of their ungodliness, because of disobedience to God, because of their idolatry that was taking place uh, there. And so Ahab had even searched out uh, for Elijah. He had, he had sent people out into other lands and uh, searching uh, for Elijah. And so Obadiah stumbles upon Elijah. This was a, uh, an appointment of God. And he stumbles upon Elijah. And Elijah tells Obadiah, says, you go tell Ahab uh, that I'm going to see him today. 
And Obadiah says, no, don't, don't, don't tell me that because once I leave and I go uh, to tell Ahab, the Spirit of the Lord will take you away somewhere else and then Ahab will slay me because he'll think, and I'm paraphrasing this, he'll think that I've lied to you. And, a- and Elijah says, no, said, but I'm going to show myself to Ahab today. And so in verse uh, 17, we find that taking place. And Ahab, when he sees Elijah, he asks this question. And he says, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Are you the one that's caused this mess that, that we're in? Uh, you're the reason uh, that things are like they are. You're the reason uh, that this is taking place. You're the reason that there's a drought and there's a famine uh, in the land. But thanks be unto God for the backbone of Elijah. Listen to what he said. The Bible says in verse 18, He answered, Elijah answered. He said, I've not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and hast followed Balaam. Now Baal was the chief, chief of the Canaanite gods. If you'll turn back right quick, Uh, to the book of Judges, chapter number 2. The Bible says in Judges, chapter number 2, beginning verse 11, it says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, and the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And He delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them. And He sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed, the Bible says. In 1 Kings chapter 16, we find in in verses 28 through 33, how all of this happened that was taking place in chapter 18. It tells us about when Ahab comes to power as king of Israel. His father, Omri, died. And it says, Ahab his son reigned in his stead. And in the thirty and eighth year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab the son of Omri to reign over Israel. And Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. Listen to the summary of Ahab's life. Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel, king of the Zaodians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And Ahab, notice, 
The Bible says that he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. In verse 33 said, Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Israel was in a mess. Ahab, king of Israel, had brought in, he had married Jezebel. And her, one of her gods, the god that she worshipped, was Baal. And the Bible tells us that he married her, and as a result, Ahab and Israel began to worship Baal. And they, they continued this. And that an evil was, was prevalent in the land, was taking place as a result of all of this. And then we come to chapter number 18. Chapter 17, Elijah says there's not going to be any rain. We find that also in chapter 17, Elijah would be fed by the brook at Cherith. God was taking care of him. We find that Elijah would be fed by a widow at Zarephath. See, God was taking care of Elijah. We find that the woman's son, the widow woman at Zarephath, her son dies. We find that Elijah goes in and raises up uh, the widow's son. Now I want you to listen to the statement that the widow said as a result of all of this. She made this statement to Elijah. She says, Now I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. That's what she said about Elijah, the prophet of God. When we get to chapter 18, in the first two verses, listen to this. God instructs Elijah to go show himself to Ahab. He said, It came to pass after many days the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I'll send rain upon the earth. And the Bible says Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab. And it says there was a sore famine in Samaria. It was a mess. Things were in a mess. Things were going on. We get down to verse number 16 that Ahab went to meet Elijah. And when he meets him, Ahab says, Are thou he that troubleth Israel? And Elijah said, it's not me, but it's you and your father's house that have troubled Israel that you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord and thou hast followed Balaam. Elijah gives Ahab some instructions. And he says, you go get 450 prophets of Baal. You bring them to Mount Carmel. You get 400 prophets of the groves, you bring them to Mount Carmel. Bring all Israel to Mount Carmel because it's time. It's time that a decision's made. It's time that something be done. On Mount Carmel, it said in verse number 21 that Elijah came to all the people and said, 
How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. If Baal be God, follow Him. He said, it's time for you to make a choice. It's time for you to make a decision. It's time. As we sit here in the house of God today, I want to tell you this. It's time. It's time that people make a choice. We can teeter-totter around with things, but it's time to make a choice. We think about commitment. We think about being committed unto the Lord. You know, there's a lot of people that can take church or leave it. After COVID, there's a lot of people left it. Don't need it anymore. But I want to tell you this, it's about commitment. It's a day to make a decision. It's a day to make a choice. You know, we're going to serve God or not? We sung a song a little bit ago that said all the praise goes to Him. And it does. All the praise, all the honor, all the glory goes to Him. Question though, where is He in our lives? Where is He in our lives? Have we committed ourselves to Him and to serve Him? It's time for a decision to be made. It's time for a choice to be made. Whether it be an individual, whether it be a family, whether it be a church, whether it be a community, whether it be a city, whether it be a county, whether it be a state, whether it be a nation, whether it be countries around the world, it's a time and it is a day to make a choice. Elijah said this, he says, How long halt ye between two opinions? You know what the Bible says? We can't serve God in the world. That's what the Bible says. It's not my opinion. It's not my thought. But we cannot serve God and mammon. That's what the Bible calls it. But it's the mammon is the world. We can't serve God and we can't serve the world at the same time. It just won't happen. It won't work. He talks in one place about a fountain. If it will bring forth sweet or bitter, the same fountain don't bring forth the same thing. Are we committed to the Lord? Are we committed to serving Him? Are we committed as a church? Are we committed as an individual? Are we committed in our families? Are we committed unto the Lord? I'll say as Elijah said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, serve Him. And He is God. And He's worth serving. How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. I want to give you just a few things right here that Jesus said in the New Testament. Jesus said in Matthew 4.19, He was beginning His ministry. And He comes along and He sees these individuals fishing. And he simply says this, Matthew 4.19, And he saith unto them, Follow me. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. 
He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In Matthew 16, 24, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, it says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You see, it's every day. How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. In the Gospel of John 21, after Jesus' resurrection, prior to His ascension, He has showed Himself to His disciples by the Sea of Galilee. He's having a conversation with Peter. And skipping down to verse 17, listen to what he says. He saith unto him the third time. He'd already asked him the same question twice. And he asked him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he, talking about Peter, should glorify God. When he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. And Peter turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved following. Peter turns and he sees John. And it says, Seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Talking about John. Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. A lot of times we're concerned about what somebody else ought to do, what somebody else ought to be doing, and what we need to worry about is what we're doing. You see, it's up to us as an individual. Just like Elijah said, just like Elijah said, And I believe it's true today. How long 
haughty between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow Him. Who are we following? Who are you following? Who is your family following? Who is our church following? We're to follow Him. We're to follow Him. We're to serve Him with everything that's within us. Just plain and simple. I don't know anyone's heart here today. But I believe that our nation, I believe our communities, our churches, and our homes need to stop halting between two opinions. If the Lord's really who we say He is, and He is, we need and we must follow Him and follow Him alone. Let's stand to our feet. They'll come. Invitations open. This altar's open. It's time. It's time to pray. Be obedient to the Lord. You don't have to wait on the song to start. Just come on. If you want to come and pray. If there's ever been a day that we should be on our knees before God, it ought to be today. It ought to be today. Calling on Him. And to Him alone. He tells us in His Word to come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come with confidence when we pray. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. And we can find that help that we need. Be obedient to the Lord. Be obedient to the Lord as we sing.